If Kasperi Kapitan is scratched tonight, healthy scratch against the Golden Knights, is that a precursor to his being traded? And if not, you know, why not? Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. It will be Penguins versus Vegas tonight, 7.08 p.m. face-off at PPG Paints Arena. I'll be there covering it for DK Pittsburgh Sports. Hope you check out the full column that I write off the game on the website tomorrow. There's a better than realistic chance based on the practice that was conducted yesterday at the arena that Kapanen will be a healthy scratch for the first time this season. And that doesn't bring me joy, you know, even though I've been advocating for it. It's not a satisfying outcome for anybody when you have a player who's got that much raw physical talent who dominates practices in a way that's really rare in this game. He does things that are special. His teammates notice it. His coaches notice it. Even we reporters sitting in the seats watching these things notice it. But it doesn't happen in the games for him. It just doesn't. Why doesn't it? What's he missing? Why might he be scratched? Mike Sullivan, without explicitly stating that he'd be out of the lineup, did at least address the captain subject yesterday after practice as as far as you know what you know what, what our expectation is or you know how how cappy can help himself moving forward and cappy and i've had a number of conversations about this is is trying to play the game the right way and and just uh just immersing himself in in a in and staying in the moment and and just uh you know, and playing the game the right way, and that entails a lot of things. It's it starts with it, it starts with a with a certain competitive spirit, uh, but it but it's also attention to detail. It's uh, it's being good on the wall. It's making sure that you win puck battles. It's going to the net. It's shooting it's shooting the puck when the opportunity presents itself. It's defending and know what your role is amongst the group of five out there in, in each particular zone and what your responsibilities are. It th- that helps us with collective effort. It makes us hard to play against as a team. So there, there's a lot that that's involved with it. But uh, and, and these are conversations that we have with all of our players. You know, it, it, all all players go through the ebbs and flows in the season. And it's our responsibility as a coach and staff to try to help guys through that process. At the same side of the coin, it's also our responsibility to try to make decisions to help the team win. And we're trying to balance both of those scenarios. Now, I've got to say that Sullivan has spoken things about his approach to Kapanen that I have not heard him apply to any other player in his seven years in Pittsburgh. And by that, I mean lines like how he's taking it personally, how he's made it his own challenge to bring out the best in this player. Now, whether or not you know, that challenge was issued by Ron Hextall and Brian Burke. I I don't see that happening. That'd be kind of a teacher-pupil sort of approach. You would hope that 
they'd all be above with a head coach this experienced. I think he just wanted to do it himself. Coaches, the really good coaches, see someone like this in any sport, and they feel like they're failing if they can't get what they want or need out of that player. You heard Sullivan mention competitiveness, the spirit, the battle, all those standard keywords of his when it comes to captain. So when you and I see him flying around the rink, we might think to ourselves, whoa, he's really giving it his all. The coaches know the difference. The coaches know exactly what he could be doing if he was going 100%. They know exactly the direction he could be skating, meaning forward, if he would listen to them when they repeatedly admonish him to not do all that pivoting and pirouetting that he does, especially when he gains an attacking zone. And maybe, just maybe, from the looks and the sound of it, they've had enough, and they're deciding to send a message a different way by having him watch the game upstairs with us. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. One thing I feel that's important in this discussion is to avoid scapegoating because when we're talking about the Penguins' lack of secondary scoring, we're now talking about seven or eight players, depending on where you would place Brock McGinn or Jeff Carter because of their histories and their being more likely to emerge from their slumps. But with Kapanen, it's there's also the not-so-small matter of his being the most likely piece to be traded in order to either bring back someone who's a better fit for the Sullivan system or to simply free up the prorated remainder of his $3.2 million cap hit. Because as we keep hearing from management and did again this week from Brian Burke, that's holding them down in a lot of different ways, not least of which is their ability to move players up and down from Wilkes-Barre. Valtteri Pustinen is in Pittsburgh. He was recalled last night. This was after the practice. Now, based on ample precedent, Pustinen has about as much a chance of playing in this game tonight as I do. But I hope that's not the way it plays out this time. He's been his team's leading scorer in the AHL in his first season in North America. He's been impressive. He does things on the rink offensively that the rest of this organization's prospects don't do, can't do, and won't do at any point in the future. That has a lot to do with the shallow pool that exists, but it's also to his credit. He's got some instinct to him. He's got some offense. Let's see him. Put him out there. What is the worst thing that can happen? He might not score. Oh, no. 
He'd fit right in. He might commit a defensive lapse. Okay, and? The Penguins are going to miss the playoffs then? No, of course they aren't. I've been saying this for a while now, and I apologize for those who've heard it repeatedly from me, but this is when you want to find out about Pustinen and Radim Zahorna and Drew O'Connor. Get them up here. Let them play. There's a lot of other seats available around where Kapanen will be sitting with us in press row tonight. When we come back, just one question. And today's J1Q comes from Robert, who asks, Since Dominic Simone is on a two-way contract, why not send him down and bring up Radim Zahorna or Drew O'Connor to fill his barren wasteland of a spot. You know, I thought that this question was going to be at least a little tame and respectful to Dom. You you ended up blowing it up there at the end, Robert. Barren wasteland of a spot. Dom isn't the only one, though. Dom is everyone's favorite punching bag, even though Dom has, like, a lot more goals than some of the other guys who aren't nearly... As targeted, but I see where you're going and I like it because I have liked all along the idea of a wave of younger players coming up. I'm going to keep pointing back to 2016 when it was four players who came up from Wilkes-Barre. Not all at exactly the same time. Scott Wilson was first. Shortly after that, it was Connor Sherry. Brian Rust, and Tom Kuhnhackle. And Wilson was the one who got off the hot start and then ended up getting the injury and was unavailable the rest of the way. But the other three went on to contribute meaningfully toward a Stanley Cup championship. Why? Well, in part, they actually produced. They made a difference. But also, at the time, and I vividly recall Chris Kunitz talking to me about this when it happened, that roster had a lot of players who kind of needed a kick in the rear end. And when they saw these children walk into the room with their eyes all wide and not taking anything for granted, and not just presuming they'd be in the lineup because they blocked a shot or two in the previous game, Everyone elevated. The team's best players elevated. And they all, to a man, credited those kids. The next year, it wasn't quite a wave, but there were other players that came up and down a little bit. And of course, it was Jake Gensel who ended up sticking in 2017 and becoming another really prominent member of another Stanley Cup championship team. This team doesn't just have one player who isn't producing in terms of secondary scoring. It's got a bunch of them. No one even mentions Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter's got two goals in his last 19 games. No one's even breathing a syllable about that. Why? Because we love the guy. Because when he first showed up, he scored a million goals 
In the playoffs, he scored a million goals, and to open this season, he scored a million more goals, but he's been in a funk too. Every line except Sidney Crosby's line has been in a funk. That's pretty much the whole team. That's got to change. Pustinen's not going to do that on his own any more than Simone would if you left him in his barren wasteland (laughs) of a roster spot. And Dom's not going to make a difference. Capitan's not going to make... Not not one player is going to do that. That's why I like the idea of bringing up a couple of them at a time. What I'm not equipped to know is whether or not that's an impossibility for cap purposes. But you know what? Again, there's a way to solve that problem too. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Not just today, uh, all week long and all season. It's been a lot of fun for real, to see how this show has grown through the season on a lot of different platforms. And if you'd like to see it continue to grow, feel free, please, to leave us a kind review, five stars, uh, and so forth. Uh, on the Apple app in particular, that's where it has the biggest impact. It doesn't cost you anything. It'll take you about two seconds of your time, and it makes a very, very real difference. Thanks again, and we will do this again Monday. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.